Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Living Easy with Lindsay. I'm so thankful to have you all here. Today's going to be a little bit different. So I had planned to do the final episode of the Seven Deadly Sins series, but if I'm totally honest with you, I just could not hack it this week. And I'll explain why, and that's what this episode is about. But I will have that episode up next week if you are looking forward to the Pride episode. But today I was driving, and I had dropped off my son at school, and I was thinking, okay, I need to record the Pride episode. And I am in a really, really kind of dark place right now. And this happens to me pretty often, unfortunately. And I felt like I have not been responsible with the fact that I struggle with depression, meaning that I haven't discussed it as openly as I would like to, or I kind of cover over it, or I don't know, like I just don't address it in the way that I should with how much I battle with it. And so I want to talk about that today. It's going to be a pretty brief episode, but I just want to share. And if anything, my heart, if you struggle with this, my heart is to help you to not feel so alone if you do. And also, if you have a spouse who struggles with anxiety, depression, mental health disorders, maybe that this can kind of help you to understand the feeling of it. I have someone in my life whose spouse struggled with depression for a long time. And the wife didn't understand why the depression did what it did because they didn't struggle with it. And it can be really hard for us to navigate the emotions, the ups and downs, the roller coaster of it all when we have never experienced it. And I had never experienced it until I had kids. And I'm pretty sure it's a hormonal imbalance. And I am on antidepressants and I have been for a while and they've helped tremendously but sometimes I forget my pills and that can cause problems. And sometimes I just go through a season. So I am just going to talk to you like I'm talking to a friend and share a little bit about this and my journey and what I feel and what I experience. And I don't have much to offer in terms of helping you, but I can share a few things that I do that help me personally. So as I was thinking about this today, when I was getting ready to take Saxon to school, all I could think was, I just want to be in my bed. And that is usually the verbiage that I hear over and over and over again in my head, especially in the mornings. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it starts the second I open my eyes, but I, I hate it, um, especially because I feel like it has stolen so much of my time from my kids and it's stolen so much from my kids because when I wake up in the morning, 
and I feel this heavy, heavy weight physically and emotionally on me, I feel like I am truly powerless to get up and be a productive member of society, to be a mother, to be a good wife. And I have had to learn over time that it's just not a choice, that even when I don't feel it, I need to put my feet on the ground and I just need to get out of bed. And this is really the best way that I can describe it to anybody. It's the way that I try to describe it to Jesse is that there's just this really heavy weighted blanket that has been laid on my head and across my whole body. It doesn't feel like an emotional response. It feels like a physical lack of energy. And when I started taking my antidepressants, that was the first thing I noticed was that my energy levels changed. I wasn't wanting to wake up at 10 a.m. I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed at 7 o'clock, and it has shifted so much. And so when I say this is much less common, it the Zoloft that I'm on has helped so much because I will say I struggled probably five days a week to get out of bed. Like I would just literally sometimes crawl my way out of bed. And the place that I'm at now, it happens probably one to five days every month. And so that is a huge step for me. And it's really helped me, you know, working out all those things. But anyway, as I was getting ready for school with Saxon, I was playing a game with him. We try to connect in the mornings because it helps him to get rid of any anxiety when it comes to going to school. So we do a lot of just connection tactics with board games or card games or reading or whatever it might be. And I just felt myself, he was playing this game and he wanted me to watch. And I felt myself just like laying back down on the couch and he's like, mom, watch. And I'm like, okay, bud, I'm watching. And I'd get up and I'd watch. And then it was like the weighted blanket hit me again. And I would just lay down and I slept well the night before. It wasn't an issue of sleep. It's just energy. And so we get in the car and I'm like, okay, Lord, I know that you know my heart. I know that you know my mind. I know that you know I just want to burst into tears for absolutely no reason. But I just need to get through this drop off. I need to show Saxon my joy. I also show him my sadness. I've learned that that really is okay. And I ask for prayer from him and from the boys at the table. We ask one another what we can pray for. But I also, I don't want that to be his memory of me. And it causes me a lot of hurt and confusion and overwhelm when I think about what they'll remember. Uh, in this season of my life. And I don't know if you know, I think her name's Christina Kuzmik. I saw her on Facebook a long time ago and she's kind of a comedian, but also just shares very openly. And she talks about, she went through, she was a single mom and she went through extreme depression. And she said, I look back on those days and I remember putting them in front of a TV screen because I just couldn't physically function. And she said, I regret it so much. Just, you know, she's sobbing and sharing her story And I think that because of the way my brain works, I'm constantly thinking of how can I prevent regret in the future? Like what can I do now to not live in that place? What can I do now to live proudly of myself and to live in a way that God has called me to? And so for me to feel like I don't have control over this, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I read, no matter how much I worship, no matter how much I confess, no matter how much I cry, you know, like I just don't feel like there's anything that takes it away. And the feeling that 
I'm powerless over this aside from the choice to get out, put my feet on the ground, put a smile on, and be with my kids. I just don't like that I don't feel fully present. And I think a lot of the time they don't know I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, but I know I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, if that makes sense. And so it's a huge battle. And as I was driving today, one thing I've learned to do that has really helped me, aside from counseling, counseling has helped me tremendously, is finding things that make you happy. And I know that sounds so cliche and simple, but I think that when you're feeling this deep, deep sadness that you can't define, you can't pinpoint, that you just have to find things that make you smile and just feel like you can see God's creation. You can see his hand at work. You can see the beauty of the world that he's created and you can see him in those things. That's what gives me hope. And so today I just looked around and some of the flowers are blooming and I just spent time staring. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I know I love those things. I know they make me happy. I know I love looking at beautiful houses. So I drove down some streets that I liked looking at. I know I love getting a coffee. So I got a coffee and I wished and hoped and prayed that that would be a fix all. But the second I walked in the door, nothing had shifted. You know, my I had seen the sunshine, which I know did a little bit of a boost for me. And I did those little things and who knows where I would be had I not done those little things. But I came home and I started trying to do the dishes because when I feel overwhelmed like this, the last thing I feel like I can functionally do is clean, even though my house overwhelms me. And if that makes sense, I don't even know how to describe it. It's this feeling of complete overwhelm to where it paralyzes me. And then I feel like I can't do anything rather than taking little steps to do something. And I think that that is just a part of depression. And so I just immediately get overwhelmed. I feel this sense of overstimulation, like deep frustration, almost anger. I can't do it anymore. Like I can't touch one more dish. I can't look around my house. I can't, I just can't. And I say those words way too often and I need to stop saying them because I said them so much today when I was just like, I I just can't, I just can't do it. I just can't. And I don't even know what I can't do. (laughs) I just can't do anything. And so I came and I laid on my couch and I had planned. I said, okay, 20 minutes, Lindsay, and you're going to record. 20 minutes, you're going to answer emails. You're going to check in on friends. You're going to do the things that you know make you feel productive and good. I did not do any of those things. I watched a show and then I turned on my noise machine. I had literally just woken up, you guys, just woken up, drove sacks to school, came home, had so much work to do and get done. And I slept for, I think, five and a half hours. And keep in mind, I had a great night's sleep the night before. I'm not sick. This is what happens. I just can't. And I can't function. I feel like I have no emotional, physical energy for anything. And it's such a contrast for me because on the days when I feel normal, like mentally normal, I thrive on accomplishment, on achievement, on on doing things. And so I can always tell when there's a huge shift in my brain and in the things that I want. I always want to be around friends. And so when I want to isolate completely, I also know something is wrong. So I've been really good at diagnosing and pinpointing the things that get to me. And I am fully aware that two of my main triggers are overwhelm and failure. So 
as a mother, <laughs> overwhelm is a common feeling. I have two very highly energetic boys who have a lot of volume in, in their little voices. They have a lot of needs. They love to wrestle and touch and jump on me and I get overwhelmed so easily. And so I've noticed that when I feel that sense of overwhelm, I really want to hide and just like go into a shell. Um, and then when I feel like I'm failing at anything, which as a full-time business owner, I feel that way a lot. And that causes me to feel like I'm, I need to crawl into a shell. And it's very interesting because it's two things I just can't run away from. I can't not be overwhelmed anymore. I can't not try things that may potentially fail or may make me feel like a failure. And so I keep pushing forward. But the problem is, is that the people around me feel it so much. And I was cleaning up the stairs a little bit after I woke up from my almost six hour nap today. And I was walking up the stairs and I just thought, gosh, I would get it if Jesse just left. I would understand because I don't know how he deals with this struggle of mine. I don't know how he processes it. I don't know how he navigates it when I'm completely useless in my home, when I'm completely useless emotionally. And I always think back, which I know I'm not supposed to live here, but this is a conversation that, like I said, I would have with a friend. It's just honest that I think a lot of the times, like, gosh, the girl he met, was so happy, so giddy, so energetic and would cook all the time and clean all the time and took great care of herself. And I loved nurturing him and romancing him and surprising him. And there's this huge weight for me of feeling like that girl is so long gone. And I try, I try to live in that space because I do believe so much of it is a choice and it can help me, you know, when I wake up feeling that way, when I just turn on a sermon right away, or even if the last thing I can do is move my body, I'll literally do Pilates laying down like any abs I can do just moving my legs because I know moving my body helps me and getting out of the house can usually help me. And Jesse really is very helpful in supporting me in that. He'll encourage me to get out, to go meet with a friend. Today I texted him just to let him know like, hey, today's really bad. Um, it's kind of worrying me and I just – I it's not okay. And so he called, you know, concerned and we just talked a little bit and he was like, how can I support you? Can I – can you go get a coffee? I was like, I already did it. He's like, can you meet with a friend? I said, no, I – I physically cannot be around somebody right now. And he was working, which we need to talk all about that. But yeah, so it's been just a transition for him as much as for me. And I would just encourage any spouse who doesn't understand depression or anxiety to ask your spouse what they need in that moment. And a lot of the time they're going to say, I don't know. For me, the craziest thing is I want Jesse to like lay on top of me on, on my chest because I feel so much anxiety that I can't breathe. And when I have that pressure on my chest, it helps me so much. And when he started getting anxiety a while back because of a medical thing, I would do the same to him and he said it helped. And so it's just kind of like that compression, that weighted blanket feeling. Also just having him lay with me makes me feel like less of a slob because <laughs> he's doing it with me. 
And, you know, when you're somebody who's a perfectionist and who is regularly like just wanting to feel like your home is your safe place and a shelter for your family and one where they look forward to coming home and it feels secure and safe and clean and just nice. Like I long for that. I know it's not everything, but I I do long for that. And it also makes me feel at peace. So when I don't have that, I just feel like such a slob and it's such a struggle for me. But I I also really appreciate when he steps up and he just does the things that he knows I can't do. And I think it helps him to get to a place where he's like, okay, I know this isn't going to last forever. She's going to hit a place where she's going to come out of this and she's going to go tenfold because I do. I'm like, whoa, okay. I wake up and I'm ready to organize my entire closet and do all the things and make all the dinners. But he has so much grace and compassion that he displays to me. And he's so understanding even when all I can feel is that I'm failing my husband, honestly feeling those things and just kind of waiting for him to leave because I I don't think that this is a way to live for him. And I feel like he would be better off if he went and did something else and he would tell me how silly I am for believing that. But I see how it weighs on him. I see how it burdens him. I see that it affects him because it makes him busier and he's already like such a servant around my home. And so I'm very thankful that it is happening less and less now. However, it still happens and it still feels really big. And my kids still probably see that mom is in bed more often than dad. (laughs) And I also just love my bed. It's super cozy and I like to work from bed, but I don't like when they come home from school and I'm having one of my depression days and I cannot get out of bed. I just have to communicate to them that I am struggling and that I'm relying on Jesus and leaning into the truth that one day I'll be healed, but also believing that he can heal me now and continuing to pray for those things and to ask for prayer from people. So yeah, I just wanted to open up because I feel like it's been happening for quite a while and I have discussed it in brief spurts, but not to the extent that it is. And I recently posted an Instagram. If you haven't seen on my account, Living Easy with Lindsay, I show kind of our day to day and I get a lot of questions like, hey, how do you do all of these things before the kids go to school? I'm not a morning person. People will say like, I'm not a morning person or I don't understand how you get so much done. And for us and for our family, I've realized the way that our boys are, I have to. I have to wake up early enough to sit and have breakfast with them, to play a game with them, to talk to them about the day, to do morning affirmations, to make sure they have all the things that they need. On the days that I'm in a horrible place like I was this morning, I'm lucky if I get out of bed before they get to school. And that's just the honest truth. And so for those questions where people are like, how do you do it all? I'm like, well, I do it because I think I'm almost trying to compensate for the days that I've missed with them. And it's like this endless striving feeling. And so I just want to encourage that if you're one of those people, just know it is definitely not happening perfectly. And it's definitely not happening in the way that I ever envisioned it happening as a mom. I never thought that this would be a struggle. It wasn't when I was growing up. I blame hormones. (laughs) 
I would like to learn more about my hormones. And thankfully, I've got multiple friends with like basically a PhD in gut health and hormone health and friends who are actually professionals in that area. And so I need to start listening and trying to continue doing better naturally because I feel it's just like this constant downward spiral. If you've felt this or if your spouse feels this to where I wake up one day and I'm like, okay, I feel it. This is, it's not going to be good, but I'm going to do everything I can. So I'll go sit outside in the sun. I'll pray. I'll do my quiet time, come back inside, talk. You know, I'll text a friend, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I'll do all the things that I know help me. Then I come home and I'm like, okay, I still feel the heavy weight of all of it, but I know that I did the best that I can. But the problem is, is that day I won't exercise or that day I won't do my hair or that day I won't do something. So by bedtime, in an unhealthy way, I'm thinking, I should have done this. I should have done this better for Jesse or better for the kids or I should have taken care of myself today and I didn't. So I'm a this and I identify just as the enemy would want me to. I identify with the lies that I'm believing rather than refuting them with truth. So then I wake up the next morning and I think, well, you didn't get ready yesterday. There's no need to get ready today. Your husband already wants to leave. You know, I'm convincing myself of all this junk. Your husband already wants to leave because you're depressed. You don't need to take care of yourself anyway. And then so then I'll eat stuff that I don't want to eat that makes me feel gross. And then I'll be a blob. And then I, at that point, convince myself I'm a horrible mother who is just failing her boys, and I spiral. I just completely, utterly spiral. And I do tell my friends when I'm feeling this way, but the hard part is is that I just cannot be around people when I feel this way because I'm such a people pleaser that I can't do nothing when people are around. But it just masks the issue because then I start cleaning or picking up or talking to them or asking and I'm totally in my head. I'm not present. I'm not loving them well. I am just performing essentially. And so it's not always helpful. Like I think one thing if you are a friend whose friend struggles with this, one thing that helps me is to have someone like I mentioned, Jesse does this a lot, who will just sit with me. Come over. We don't need to talk. I don't need to ask you questions about how you're feeling. Let's put on a show and veg out and just relax. And then maybe after the show or after a movie, they'll be like, do you want to just go for a five-minute walk? It doesn't need to be a big thing. And if I say no, they're like, cool, we will continue sitting here. Or they'll leave, you know, and give me space. And I think that that can be really helpful just to know you're not alone because sometimes when I have days like today – and I'm, I'm very honest with my people, just so you guys know. You don't need to worry about me. I'm very honest and open. and But I have moments where I'm like, oh, what if I just – and I entertain the idea. And that's when I know that I probably need to talk to my doctor again to see if maybe I should up my dosage or whatever it might be. I also need to schedule a counseling session because as my counselor always says, you're sad, Lindsay, but there's a reason that you're sad. And you're not sad for no reason. And so it helps to navigate and pinpoint the things with a trained professional who really can help me get to the bottom of things. But yeah, that is a little bit of my story. And as I share it, I'm already afraid to publish it because success and achievement and appearances can be such idols for me that God has broken down 
in millions of ways over the past eight years, they are still struggles. And as I share these things, all I can think of, literally as I'm talking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're thinking I'm so lazy. I'm a horrible wife and a horrible mother. And it's just really hard. Like I I know that I fight so hard to do the best that I can. And I know that I put on that smile with my kids and occasionally with Jesse. I'm I'm definitely much more honest with Jesse at this point. And as my kids get older, I want to share more candidly, but I also don't want them carrying the weight of their mom's struggles. And so, yeah, it's just a battle. And I'm so thankful to have a family, a husband, friends, extended family who have always been so intentional and encouraging with this stuff and have just like walked alongside me in life. And I don't know if I'd be here without them, honestly. So very thankful. But anyway, I just hope that if you feel this or if your spouse feels this, that maybe this helps you to have more understanding of yourself, of maybe just determining what your triggers are, what those things are that make you feel like, gosh, if I can just do these things, it will make my heart lighter taking vitamin D, making sure your gut is healthy, getting rid of those habits that cause you to spiral. All of those things are important, but sometimes it's just a mind thing and it can be really hard. So I am praying for you all. I know that God heals. I know that he performs miracles. I believe it. I've seen it and I'm still believing the same for myself and praying for that and trusting in him while just continuing to live obediently to his word because I know that he is the only one who gives me life and he is the only one who can change my heart. He is the only one who can change you from the inside out. And he is the living water who satisfies more than anything else that this world offers. And I just have to choose to believe that every single day. So I love you guys. Thank you for letting me be my rawest, purest self on this. And if you're judging me, I understand. And I I hope you're not, but I understand. And um, yeah, next week we will do the Pride episode, Seven Deadly Sins, and get back to normal scheduling. So I love you guys. I hope you have a great week.